And, uh, uh, you know, shit like that. And, of course, not being able to just pick up and go to a movie. Sure. Well, that's yeah, irritating that a lot. the shit out of me. Well, yeah. not being able to get chips and onion dip, welcome to living in the Midwest at yeah. one in the morning. Well, that's yeah, just yeah, the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just the way life is. Unless yeah. you wanted Everywhere to go else to, in the country. Is it Quick Stop or a uh, large city? <laughs> quick quick Trip. Those those were open 24 hours. Yeah, but man. Be, be ready to pay two or three times the, sure. the, the grocery store price if right. you wanted Convenience it. has its price. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys, uh, uh, Celestia posted this thing that Galaxy Theaters is doing? Oh, by the, the 20, popcorn? In by the $25 gift uh, yeah. dollar gift gift card and they give you a giant bag of their movie theater popcorn yeah. really? they'll, they'll make you a big giant bag it's uh, kind of a way for them to pay their staff a little get bit, some revenue in. get some revenue in but it's cool that they're doing it that way because you're yeah. you're you're literally quote-unquote buying the popcorn but they're giving you a 25 dollar gift card so okay it's yeah. uh it's you know it's kind That's of nice. it's I kind like of it. yeah it's kind of like a temporary loan because you're Sure. You know, you're yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows who knows how long before he'll be able to use it's, that gift card. Yeah, it's really funny too, because could could you imagine they, they open up and the, the owners are all like, Yay, we're open, we're gonna get started and then all that keep coming in are the gift cards and they're like, Fuck <laughs> Yeah. Fuck cut back on the popcorn. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 537. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. And we're here to talk week and geek. Another another week down, gentlemen. Another yep. week down. Yep. Somehow yeah. we're still alive. I can't believe we this are. shit. Yeah. We are. <laughs> and I'm not sure how for. sometimes. Matt's still alive. Yes. He, res- he responded to our, uh, our thread today. Our group chat, yeah. yeah. Matt, of all of us, has his hands full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every day. He's out, he's out there dealing with it. Uh, and he's actually dealing with COVID patients too, yes. which is scary for us. I'm sure it's scary for him too. Yeah. But, it, um, yeah. And uh, Vegas is, I, I don't know about your state. I know all states are doing some sort of, uh, not all of them, but most of them are doing some sort of phased reopening. Exactly. Yeah. So Vegas is in phase one. So casinos aren't open. Hotels nope. are not open. Nope. Uh, restaurants are open uh, for 50% capacity. Uh, Something like that. Yeah, more or less. I mean, it just depends on what the, it's no. I think if I remember correctly, it's it's no more than fifty percent of their total seating capacity. Okay. But some restaurants are doing outdoor seating only. Okay. To kind of minimize the risk, um, and then some of them, yeah, they're they're taping off like tables so that there's you know a good amount of space between customers. So and I can I can they're all taking yeah no they're they're taking great great care with the. Uh, making sure their customers are as safe as they could be. I mean, it's still, you're still much safer staying at home or doing takeouts than sitting and eating in. I saw several restaurants do a, a takeout special for mother's day where you could have dinner with your, with your mother. And instead of going to the restaurant, I thought that was a little, little food packs. So I thought that was a good, good thing to do. Uh, So gentlemen, what geeky things were you able to get away with this week? Oh goodness! Um, oh, you you got yeah. a list? Yeah, uh, I started watching uh, Another Life on Netflix, a series fe- featuring Katie Sackhoff, uh, formerly of Battlestar Galactica. It's a sci-fi series takes place in the not not too distant future. 
Um, I'm not going to do it. No, I know. Well, I, I'm not. I, <laughs> I, I don't want to take your joke away from you, Jeff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, she's the leader of a, a group of spacefarers who are out to try to make first contact with this alien species that sent a what they're calling an artifact to their planet that they've been trying to communicate with this artifact, figure out what it is and what it's there for. But they were able to detect, detect a signal and where the signal was sent. So they send their uh, one of the few ships that they have that is capable of interstellar travel and chaos ensues. So I don't want to say much more, but right. uh, it's only one season so far. Uh, apparently they were supposed to start shooting season two back in March. Uh, There's a lot under, of that. Understandably yeah. delayed. But uh, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's... Uh, there's there's a few common sci-fi tropes that you're just kind of you you roll your eyes when it happens, but uh, but yeah, overall uh, the cast is is really good and <clears throat> yeah, I uh, I'm digging it so far. Fantastic. I, I did finish it all over the weekend though. So what, you finished it. There's only ten, there's only ten episodes, oh, so I finished the whole. Finished it all. Yeah, yeah. finished it all. And that's good to hear because yeah. n- nowadays I'm like you know what. I think I want to catch up on Legends of Tomorrow. Ah. Punch it up, and I'm like, 22 episodes. <laughs> oh, God damn. Take and a now, one at a time, man. And now of all time. is, is <laughs> Right. If I you're going to do it, this is the time to do still, it. It's like, oh, 22? And what, Legend, what Legends is if, so good, What happened too? to 15? What happened to 10 or 12? What? It's really changed us, hasn't it? I know. It's I'm really spoiled now. So well, I got to do it, but boy, is it. I was going to say, not to mention, you know, just 25, 30 years ago, we were getting like 26 to tw- to 28 episodes a season, depending on... And we and, were... And now we're lucky we if we get it. 20 to 22 episodes we, in a season. We loved it. Yeah. We loved... Oh, 26. Bang for your buck, especially like, in absolutely. the DVD days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah, this, this season comes with 22 episodes in this box set. Woo! Yeah, that's one season. Then you get this other one, it was like, that has 12. It must be an HBO show. It's probably good. <laughs> but that's small. Uh, yeah, that's a premium price for very little. Oh God! Now, <laughs> oh, plus uh, each episode of uh, Another Life is only about forty-eight minutes long, so it's not uh, not too terribly uh, stretched out. I guess the best way to put it. All it's, right, it's it's compressed, but not in a bad way. If that makes sense. Sure, it's made for Netflix. So the, yes, it's so, a Netflix so it's not original for commercial reasons. No, it just that's. It probably what I found out recently about a lot of the Netflix original series is that they a lot of times were written and produced with the intent of going to broadcast or syndication, and then Netflix buys them. So rather than pad the scripts and then do reshoots, they just leave it as is. Yeah, the, I love that. I was I was sort of dispirited to find out that Netflix original kind of kind of means oh we, we bought we paid for them to to come here first. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was looking at all that Netflix original anime, and I'm like, how the fuck is Netflix just putting all this money into anime? It's not. No. <laughs> it's just, just buying it. Yeah. yeah. It, and, it simply outbid everybody else. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's Absolutely. just like, uh, okay. All right. On the same t- token as that, I, I kind of like that idea of a potential failed premise at say like ABC yep. potentially finding itself to a streaming service. Yep. I do like that aspect of streaming. And apparently that has happened a couple of times, but a lot of the producers are keeping mum about which sure. different series were initially um or when shows were extended yeah. like uh, The yep. Expanse or Lucifer. 
but where yeah, Sci-Fi got rid of Expanse, and yep. Lucifer was originally on one of the, uh, the broadcast ABC channels. or NBC, something yeah. like that. And so Netflix picked that one up, yep. where Amazon picked up uh, Expanse, Expanse. Yep. and they've done great on both, because they have enough of a fan base to make it worthwhile for that streaming service. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's weird that Sci-Fi Channel mm-hmm. can't make that work, but then... Amazon or whomever else. Can. I th- I think Expanse was just too expensive for Sci-Fi to keep going. <laughs> Probably. I think that's it's re- Sci-Fi. Why? But I okay. Well, that's also they've backed off since this. This was during the great Sci-Fi Channel re- Renaissance that happened a few years back, mm-hmm. yeah. where they bought like Childhood's End and all these right. class and adapting classic Sci-Fi novels and really pushing forward in new things. And I I think. Uh, things have changed hands since that began. I think they have another head of programming since then. Yeah. And that's been when all this has been. So we're going back to wrestling yes. eventually? Well, maybe. Maybe so. I don't know about the wrestling, but I know that the majority of sci-fi programming lately has just been all repeats of stuff. So stuff that they have the rights to, that they sure. just, that I, 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 you know, correct me if I'm wrong, monkeys out there, shock monkeys, but I'm not aware of there being any new properties on sci-fi right now. The only new-ish one is the one that they bought from the DC Universe streaming service, and that's Char- uh, uh, Harley Quinn's animated series. Oh, okay. Yeah. But even that is just the first season, and they're kind of doing it in big chunks. So it's going to be over within a few weeks. And uh, Creepshow didn't pop up. Was it supposed to be on Sci-Fi? No, that's on, on AMC. AMC. Okay, because I I did a search for it and I have it on demand, but I only had one episode available. Okay. Yeah, they're um, they're only t- putting out one episode each okay. each week for Creepshow. So gotcha. So yeah, check it out AMC if you can. Cool. Uh, my wife and I ha- have con- completely caught up on American Horror Story, except for one <laughs> part. We haven't finished Asylum yet, and that's one we kind of abandoned way back when. So we finished Cult last night which was the uh, season before this last one in 1984. Uh, very, very politically driven. Uh, the whole kind of basic idea is that both of the major parties of America are a cult of their own and just put to the nth nine of that. Uh, really well done. A uh, slow start if you're going to start that season, but it's worthwhile if you start stick through it once you get to episode four uh you're 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 in uh not urine you are in yeah okay yeah. what did <clears throat> uh american horror story what'd you think of that uh nuclear disaster one the nuclear disaster one apocalypse yeah i stumbled across the first episode which was immediately i was just like well, that could be interesting. I don't know where this would go. I just didn't continue with it. Apocalypse should be the very last one you watch. The ah. very last season that you even touch. I see. Okay. Because that is almost all fan service for all the seasons prior. What? Because um, a whole big chunk of that story is based on earlier season happenings. Each season really? is its own standalone thing. Yes. Except for Apocalypse, it is a culmination of all previous seasons. Really? Yeah. It's 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 only eight episodes. It's a small season. Uh, and it's oh. and it's very worthwhile. It's the witches from the third episode. Uh, they go back to the house from the first episode. Um, oh. it, oh, sorry, it's the first season, not episode. 
and and yeah, and very satisfying if you followed the show. Okay, but if you haven't followed the show, I don't. It, the story might be enough to be compelling, but I think you'll be a little more confused as to what's going on as it goes on. Like, oh, why are these witches walking in here all of a sudden? Right. Okay. Interesting. Fascinating. I've also been enjoying your uh, back and forth with uh, Barry on yes. uh, YouTube. I guess I should bring that up. <laughs> butts, 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 butts. So, uh, Tor- Torgo's butthole <laughs> is the, the one that got me. I mean, it literally hit me because I was like, butts, but Why does he keep saying butts everywhere? It's like, welcome to Torgo's butthole. And I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, to, to bring everybody in that hasn't been on Shock Monkey's Lair, I have resurrected my old YouTube channel from way back when, which was just pretty much a repository of putting, like, what, uh, the Ice Bucket Challenge. Yes. And, and when we had the Minecraft server way back way when. Way back when, yeah. Old episodes of Ugly Couch Show. So it, it's been defunct for years. Um, and since I can't stream Twitch right now, although I, for those still interested, I might have a workaround. I'm kind of working on that. Uh, so stay tuned. But the YouTube channel is in effect. Uh, and and I'm not doing it because like, yay, I'm a YouTuber now. That's not the point. I'm not a YouTuber. I'm not planning on being a YouTuber. Uh, but I just, I can tell you on this show what Barry and I are doing back and forth in Minecraft. And that's interesting for some and probably not for a lot. It's so much better <laughs> when you see it, though. Exactly. I could, till I'm blue in the face, I could describe it. But since I can capture footage, I decided to show you what's happening. And I'm trying to do it in the style of professional Minecraft YouTubers out there to at least make it more exciting. So I'm actually editing videos with, with wives. I mean, I have rudimentary software. I have, a, I have a $10 Pro version of Microsoft Movie 10. All right? It's shit. Yeah, but you got to record everything. I'm so disappointed missing the exploding trees. Uh, <laughs> that was that was the one I, I saw Barry's setup for how to do that. So when 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 he when Torgo posted his video, I was like, oh, we're gonna finally get to see him get caught by the exploding trees. It's like, nope, he left that whole chunk out. <laughs> uh, I I never intended on recording it. No. It, yeah. At that point, I was done. I didn't realize anything was amiss, so I didn't know there was something to record. <laughs> so when I start going out, uh, just to bring everybody in, uh, around my base in Minecraft, Barry planted trees and then put TNT underneath them with some redstone so that when you cut into the base of the tree, uh, after a few seconds, it explodes in a big shower of TNT and damage and falling. So, But I just saw these trees around. I didn't suspect anything until I did the first tree down, and I'm like, well, shit. And this is after I'd done my first video. I'd already put it out. And so I'm like, okay, I can go play some Minecraft for myself now. And so I didn't even think to start recording again. because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I got to say, when you were going up your scaffolding, I never had so much anxiety watching a YouTube video. I literally was like waiting for you to fall. And I'm just like on the edge of my seat. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm not even playing. This is a video. And I'm sitting on the edge of my seat afraid that he's going to fall off this gigantic scaffolding. Sure, and and I'm I'm also trying to record in chunks too instead of I can't really do one big one. Sure. And so there is that so I do stop the recording so I have a stopping point and unfortunately that was the moment I fell off the <laughs> scaffolding. 
So again, to bring everybody in, uh, I've been recording these videos. They, the first one lasted like 12 minutes. The second one was 17 minutes. And that's edited <laughs> down from 30 minutes of footage. So these videos take time to edit, as any petty who's edited knows, Jeff. Yeah. Um, and so it is it's a bit of work, but it is worthwhile because I do want to see, show the shock monkeys what's happening. Now, I realize, again, it's a small audience. It's a group of our shock monkeys and a smaller group uh, that is actually interested in what's happening between Barry and me and Minecraft. The rest of you couldn't give a fuck, and I understand. That's fine. Uh, so I'm only going to put these out every now and then when I think it's something interesting and worthwhile. I'm not going to put out videos of me building or whatnot. And that's, that's not the point. Uh, the point is just to show shenanigans, and that's what it is. And Barry did some goddamn shenanigans. <laughs> he plastered your house with pink wool. Listen, <laughs> all right, he did the first thing, all right, which he put noisemakers in my house and and laid campfires all through my building so it looked like it was on fire. Asshole. And <laughs> so, so cleaning all that. So I filmed that footage, and then at the... After that is when I discover the TNT stuff. And that's after like playing like three hours doing this because you're filming the things and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to play for myself for a little while and then I'm done. And then I log back in. I hadn't been back in the game at all. Two days later, I log in and that's when I discover that my whole base is pink and that there's fires outside because he's lit these blocks called netherrack on fire outside my base and the goddamn scaffolding on top of my goddamn house. Mountain. I like that. Was that a sincere moment when yes. you were like, Oh, what's the, what the, yeah. what's, and, and that's the thing with these videos. I, I'm not recording, like looking around and finding things and then recording. I'm hitting record when I go into the game. So I'm not seeing any, I'm seeing everything <laughs> for the great. first time. And I, I realized that that moment just sunk my heart. The moment that I, I was, because I was chopping up some ground, trying to get, so I could fix the damage she's already done. And then I look up and see that scaffolding on top of my goddamn base. And, and that was like, oh, fuck me. I what thought it was do funny. I have to do with, deal with now? I thought it was funny after you knocked down all the scaffolding, there's still a platform of something still floating in the sky. <laughs> I caught that in the video. I was like, there's still something there. Oh, and there's something else that I didn't even realize until I saw my own video two times later. There is a moment in the video where I am, where I want to see what the base looks like from up. So I create this big tower of dirt uh -huh. under me, and so that I can get a bird's eye view of all the fire that's in front of my base, and just to see what it all looks like, and just grandeur. And I have to give credit where credit's due. Barry, he's gotten me good with yeah. this. Uh, hats off to the man, <laughs> but it's, but is pro appropriate when I start coming down off that tower of dirt that I built, he has planted all the blue flowers underneath it. So it spells butts. <laughs> it spells out the word butts. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know when I was recording the video. I didn't know when I was editing the video. I didn't know when I first saw the entire video in its entirety after it was posted. It was only the second time when I was looking at it on the big screen TV going, oh, fuck me. He did that too. Nice. So, so if it's worthwhile, I'll try to record it and post it. I can't promise I'll catch everything because I do want to just play and enjoy the game too. Oh, well. Uh, but 
uh, again, hats off, Barry. Uh, although he's he said he's told me, and it, it happened in real time while I was recording the video. That is not going to stop until I say uncle. He's he's texting <laughs> me. I mean, he's in game chatting me so about it. it. Yeah, one syllable. Yeah, one syllable, <laughs> uncle. <laughs> Internet is forever, Barry. <laughs> and uh, so, but no, I'm not saying uncle Barry. No, fuck you. You have not damaged me enough for me to say uncle. You've done well. I'll admit that. And there's more coming your way. Don't think I don't have plans. I do. I probably would have done them already if I didn't have to do all this editing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's funny because it, it, he could, if he times it right, he could just keep you on the defensive and yep. make it very hard for you to. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the plan. I love the dripping thing where the oh and i discovered that in real time there too i was like and, and there's dripping and there's dripping <laughs> coming down from my ceiling and i love how the water just washed down and down and that down that just helped out yeah I, I luckily hit the like the right spot where it goes down my stairs I'm like oh that's gonna take care of the fires for me that's great. <laughs> uh, and then again for those out there's like what the fuck is all this it's it's on uh, either my youtube channel which is master torgo two words if you want to type it in you'll find it not only that Barry has also put stuff on his channel, which is Houston Dungeon Master. That's his YouTube yes. channel. Oh, okay. So if you want to see how he devised, I will say this. I was disappointed when he did the devised, how he did it in creative. I was glad he did it to show everybody kind of how everything was working. Uh, but I was more impressed with the second one showing him doing the stuff in real time. Because that's, it's, that's when you're capturing those moments that something could or could not go wrong. Yeah, like especially when he fun. was. Yeah, he was saying it's like, got to do this quickly because Torgo could log in any moment. Exactly, <laughs> and that is the scary part when you're doing this shit, because because you know Barry's up late at night. So even if I'm on late at night, he might kick on at any time. So, ba boom. Plus, he's administrator of the whole damn thing, so he's he has powers I do not. Uh, and and thank and you know what? Also, kudos to Barry that the whole fair play thing because. Uh, there's two ways you can play with Minecraft. There's creative, which allows you to... It's basically Legos. And then there's the survival way where you ha for every block you place, you have to earn it. You have to mine a block to place a block. You have to keep your hunger levels going, and there's creatures trying to stop you from doing things. And so you have to earn what you build. Yeah. So everything that we've done to each other has been in survival, which is a lot more difficult way of pranking each other. There's, wow. Because there's a lot of YouTube pranks out there in like that you see at the Minecraft, but almost all of them is somebody who is using their administrator privileges and just laying down things that they can do and just messing well, with people as God. I saw I saw Barry uh, experience a, a, a moment of vulnerability in uh, offering to replenish your levels when you Wasn't fell. Wasn't that sweet? That was very, very sweet. And, and again, that's just the way the game is. You yes. had boots of feather falling. I don't understand how... Uh, there comes a point when you get so <laughs> that goddamn thing was way past the clouds. It was almost up to the build point. But it's feather falling. I mean, a feather. Yeah, that might save you for a hundred blocks, but not past one hundred and fifty. <laughs> so I'm guessing as you're falling, you can't control how you fall, right? You nope. just drop. Yep, you you drop. Oh, so, oh. so no more like hand waving to try to move towards your scaffolding. Nope. I got and, you. and that was one of my mistakes. In that is that I. Thought you kind of could control it a little bit. Uh. Nope. So when I lost my footing in the scaffolding and fell through the center of it, that was it. 
It was like, oh, oh, wow. oh, maybe I can save myself. Nope, can't do that. You know, it'd be neat. <laughs> What's that? Those uh, wingsuits that, you know, like parachutists. That wear? exists in the game. Well, dude. It's hard to do. <laughs> 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 to get that in the game, you have to beat the game, which means going through the whole... Because there is kind of a story and a gameplay to beat Minecraft. Uh-huh. It involves finding a third dimension called the End well-timed and named, and defeating the Ender Dragon in that, which is a rough boss. But that's also its own world, and in that world, you that's where you find something called the Elytra, which is basically what you described, just wind wings. Right. And mm. very hard to do, but it's supposed to be for people that have are basically pros at it. have beaten the game that have found this extra stuff, which is not easy to get afterwards either. And it, it makes getting around a lot faster and easier than even the nether. Now, how'd you have your armor and your pickaxe and all that? Did you play or something or port over or what's all that about? You, you build everything in the game. Uh, so in order for me to get my, the magic items, that's what I've spent most of my time in Barry's world doing is creating my armor and weapons and tools. I also found it amusing that he kept using your own crafting area to create the stuff that he was doing to you. That's, your... that's the way it's going to go. And that's, yeah, and when I'm in his place, I was doing that too. So it's, yeah, the, using each other's tools. The basic rules in this kind of server is you don't steal other people's things and you don't destroy other people's stuff. And if you do, you know, try to make good on it as best you can. Uh, for, for example, I would never trap Barry's base so that I put TNT in it and harm what he's built. I, I don't want to destroy someone else's hard work. Well, with the, the exploding trees, didn't that hurt you? Uh, it, it Enough to hurt, but not kill. Okay. So, it, it, so it's that if you put a lot of TNT down there, yeah, he could have easily killed me. But he I knew see. what he was doing. He was doing enough just to hurt and annoy. Gotcha. That's, that's the Barry story. Hurt and annoy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what he does. So, it's, so it's not like, an overly elaborate, equally, easily escapable uh, punishment. Yeah, it, sexual it, harassment without the sex. Exactly. <laughs> he, he would cause water to go through my base, and all that's going to do is knock out some torches, and really that's I it. was interested, because you seemed, when you found out water was at the top of the scaffolding, you seemed worried, and I, I was sort of like, why don't you just punch it? And It is a Minecraft joke, I, a prank I've seen before. Uh, and there's there's two things that's going to happen up there that you can put water or lava. And I didn't know, when I was at the base and discovered it, I didn't know what lava. was at the top. Ooh. And lava will destroy shit, but water will just be annoying. And when you do from that top bit, if you don't take it out the way that I did, it comes down in a long involved torrent. It would have wiped out my crops. It would have just mm, uh. it wiped out the flowers <clears throat> and so on. Again, things that are nothing that is like base destroying. Just annoying and painful and that's all that is hmm. and but really annoying and painful so yes yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll end the talk here because some of you are like fuck with the minecraft already <laughs> minecraft get, minecraft get minecraft yeah exactly bring back the warhammer for god's sakes <laughs> hey jeff how about sports oh well sports 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 uh <clears throat> Sports is in the Huey Lewis in the News Yes, album, that's the one he's talking about. Which is a great segue to Uh-oh. the Josh Gad uh, Reunited Apart ah. for Back to the Future that premiered today. Were you upset with that one? As- 
You were uh, with the first one for editing? Yes. Yes and no. I really liked the material that they had. Um, I don't want to spoil it if anybody is going to be watching it in the next you know, couple days here. Um, but they had they had a great number of the cast on. So this um, is getting together the original cast of these features. Yes. Uh, the Back to the Future trilogy. Um, talking about different aspects of the production. Um, you know... They ask each other questions, which was kind of cool. But again, there's it's clear that there's a lot more material that was cut probably for time because he is trying to keep these videos about 35 minutes because the first the, the Goonies one was only about 35 minutes. And I think this one is 36-ish. So, uh, But yes, I really enjoyed it. Um, really would love to have been a, you know, a fly on the wall for that whole, that whole recording session. Um, but uh, yeah, it just it just really is good, and and you know I know Biggs doesn't like Josh Gad too much, but uh, he he definitely was fanboying out on this one because he really did like the movie, and it, he was gen- showing genuine joy at experiencing you know talking with you know people he idolized on you know the Zoom meeting things that were whatever. Um, meeting program they were using. But yeah, really, really had fun with it. Um, just wish it was longer, <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. And that's all that editing. Could have been longer. Yeah. For, I, for this one, I think it should have been at least an hour. There's, I know there's at least an hour's worth of footage in there. I, I, I can just tell from, you know, having having done editing for for so many years, you can always tell when there's definitely more footage and uh anyway yeah i definitely recommend everybody check it out because it really is it, it it's such a great movie trilogy and you know i i've heard a lot of critics call it a perfect i i personally don't believe there's such a thing as a perfect film because every film television show that has its flaws but i think this one is you know, the story-wise, it's as close to perfection as you can get, you know, if you ignore a lot of the technical story building. But, I mean, as far as, like, the world building and the... It's as close as you perfect you get as long as you ignore the things that don't the make flaws. it perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that, that's I mean, okay. That's sort I of mean, how I look like I mean, Jeff anyway. The, the overall story arc versus the, in the minutia, I guess, if, is what I'm trying to say. Your face, as far as time-traveling stories go... Yeah. That's your bag. That, well, yeah, it's, it's one of my all-time favorite sure. movies. Of I all mean, time-traveling movies out there, that is the best in your opinion. That's the one I've watched and rewatched and rewatched the most. And again, again, there's no wrong answer to no, that. It's your favorite. It is so right. absolutely yeah, your right. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, it really is. I mean, there's still times where I'll, I'll be watching it and just, I, I kind of flash back to my, you know, 11-year-old self and and I, you know, go through the, that roller coaster of emotions, especially with the first one, and oh, then sure. and then when you get into the third one, you know there's that same because two is really good and it's a great connector to the first and the third parts. But the first part and the third part, you really get a lot more character development, and you know, kind of the third one. Obviously, you get the closure to the different character stories or closure of us as the audience our journey with those characters I have best to, way to put it I have to watch the third one a few more times I I, I didn't I like that one the least so I didn't watch it very much you but know, I do remember liking 
what they did with Doc. Yes. Am I remembering that correctly? So that's that, you know, you're not alone. In fact, there's a lot of Back to the Future fans that feel that same way. Um, and part of the reason is the, the first film is Marty's story. The second film is The Bridge. And the third film is Doc's story. In the first film, Doc is there as kind of the the element of the story that's pushing everything forward. Kind of, you know, and I, I don't want to say sidekick, but he's he's there to push Marty further along on his journey. The, the second film links the two very well by expounding upon that relationship between the two and how time travel itself is dangerous. And then the third film is truly Doc's story. And, and Marty is kind of long for the ride. And in, in that sense, he, the roles have reversed because Marty is now pushing Doc and Doc's helping push Doc's story forward and getting him to, you know, maybe not be quite the hermit or the self-isolationist that, that, that we have seen in the first two films. It's thematically very different than the first two because you get into that whole Western notion, but it's a more, I guess, realistic Western. And that's one of the things that gets brought up is Marty's notion of what a Western is, is based on what he's seen on TV and same thing with Doc, but then getting out there in, you know, old West Hill Valley and experiencing it in person, it's way different than what they thought it was going to be like. And then, you know, of course, wrapping up, Marty's story, you know, opening him up for, you know, his future, that whole, you know, the future is what you make of it versus, you know, everything is predestined, which is kind of what you were feeling in the first two films. It's like everything's predestined, but we can make minor, minor modifications here and there and so forth. So, and, and also the third film is much more of a, a kind of action adventure Western than a kind of sci-fi tale that the, like the first two. So, that is a lot of the reason there's there's videos out there on youtube if you want to watch them a lot of this is my own personal feelings about it but yeah the third film is a completely different style but for me personally i think it wraps everything up with a nice little bow and just you know leaves it open for your imagination to fill in what happened to these characters from there on so anyway i was like the weirdness of the second one yeah the second one's weird and wacky yeah, I like the second one a lot. Yeah, I, I, I love the, the notion that when they kept, you know, they get back to what they think is their present and everything has changed and then they f- figure out that they have to go back to 1955. So they have to basically relive from a different perspective everything that happened in the first movie. Uh, that, I think it's brilliant. It's, it's clever. It's absolutely it's very clever. clever. And then, you know, using that computer-enhanced motion capture uh, or uh, motion dolly cinema where the, or, uh, the film uh, I, damn it I'm completely blanking out on the name right now but it's all computer controlled cameras so they can film the scene multiple ways and then easily composite it back together sure, so you can have yeah, young before, Biff and old Biff before good digital graphics just yes. look at the, the Jaws scene in that movie yes that's, that's the extent of <laughs> oh, graphics uh, for movies that, that time Shark still looks fake. <laughs> I, I, I did catch the other day, and I don't know, I had never saw this before. And it says, you know, the Jaws, whatever, it is, and it's directed by Max Spielberg on the side. Of the, <laughs> it was on the side of the marquee, so not up front. 
And I, I just, I'd never caught it before. And I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, love that. Love that trilogy. Anything else you do this week, guys? I played some D&D again. Yay! Played some more D&D. My uh, warlock is now level five. Getting very dangerous. Oh, now, yeah, now it's yeah. now it's the time for the magic users to shine. Yeah, and I got to start uh, training my pet dire wolf. I'm sorry, because I uh, yeah, but you found a, a wolf. Well, we 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 actually were fighting some dire wolves, and oh. <clears throat> my warlock has beach, uh, beast, beach, beach. <laughs> beast speech. <laughs> I like beach speech. <clears throat> yeah, man, beach speech. I beached him. And so uh, uh, I, I cooled him off and got him on our side, and so now I have a pet direwolf, and I got to get him uh, uh, prepped up because right now I must have him. You sit here, and then we go off and fight, and he's got to get involved in fights. And yeah. So you know, yeah, we fought some troglodytes, and we're on our way to free some giants uh, who have been imprisoned by evil, and yeah. That's so. the thing, though, is when you get a familiar or a. Uh, an animal pet or something is that you you always get that DM that's going to use it for a uh, storyline later on when they yeah. kill it off to yeah. get you mad. The refrigerator, you're yes. uh, you're familiar. <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> it's funny too because somewhere in there, uh, Matt Spaulding discovered a game called Monster of the Week. Monster of the Week. It's an RPG, um, and it's it's a fun little RPG. Uh, uh, inspired by uh, Buffy and Supernatural, Dresden Files, ah, okay. X-Files. Nice. And it's it's based on the Apocalypse World game system, which is a, uh, a pretty interesting, it's a pretty interesting system. So I'm actually looking forward to uh, seeing if Matt gets this together and we play it, because I definitely would like to play it. If it's not too technical, and of course, if, if you know enough about it, what makes the Apocalypse system different than D&D? This system, the, uh, the creator is an indie designer, Vincent Baker, and what he did is he created a system that is heavily character interaction. Characters actually participate in the campaign design as well as the uh, the initial interactions where they join. All right, so it's a little more improv Yes, and uh, yeah. And uh, also the system is very, it, it, I like it because it's very pop culture-y. So instead of like have, I have a sword attack, you might have, literally it's called, uh, it, this is in Apocalypse World, not in Monster of the World, but it's called Insano like Drano, okay. which is like a berserker attack. All right, you know, and so you have that. that there's a character in um, in uh, the Monster of the Week that has the big entrance, and you roll your dice, and based on your score, either everyone in the room stops and listens to you when you make your big entrance and you talk, or <laughs> if you're middling success, you get to pick one character, one monster, and that one has to stop and listen to you. And if you miss, all your enemies in the room mark you as the biggest threat. So when oh, shit hits the fan, they'll come at you. And the system is 2D6. Okay. And then it's very colloquial, very pop culture-y, action movie type uh, stats. So you have cool, charm, tough, sharp. And then because there's a supernatural element, weird. And all it is is adding one, two, or three to two d six. All right. And then a ten or higher, you get 
pretty much what you're looking for. A 7 through 9, you get some of what you're looking for, but there's a little bit of consequence. And a 6 or less is called a miss, and the, the keeper uh, decides consequences. That's the dungeon master. Yes, exactly, the game master. And the neat thing is the game master never rolls dice. Oh. Everything is the player's. Everything. If you, like, walk into a room, I want to know, how do these people react to me? You're the one who rolls. You'll roll big entrance, or you'll roll another, uh, they call them moves instead of actions. You'll roll another move to see how the audience, the, the crowd reacts to you. And then the GM goes off of that. How fascinating. And there's a lot of nice campaign building theory in Apocalypse World. Designing factions, designing relationships and, and nuances and tensions between. It's actually, it's actually a nice system for teaching, teaching kind of a campaign building. I actually kind of like that. So um, if Matt doesn't get intimidated by it, this could actually be a lot of fun. The, one wow. of the coolest things is in the first session, you create your characters, and then each character, uh, each character type has what's called a playbook, and the playbook is your different moves, the type of arrays of skills you can have, but in one section of it is you establish the relationships of your group, and literally, it'll be stuff like, okay, go around the group. Pick a, pick a character. That character is a blood relative. Ask them how close you're related. So I'll be like, Jeff, our characters are related. And then mm -hmm. Jeff will say, we're brothers. Maybe he's my father. Third we're, cousin we're removed. Third cousin <laughs> removed, right? You know, I might get around to you and he's like, okay, my character is the chosen one. I have a special destiny. Todd, your character was supposed to be the chosen one, but you failed in a trial to become the chosen one. What did you fail at? And then I, I failed to get in the Ionti dagger. <laughs> there you go. And and that that literally is 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 how you go through. That's a and great concept. It's it's very and it they they do similar, but they'll they'll be different choices for each playbook as you go through so your different character type will have different things to throw out there and i think that's very very cool because it establishes the group there is no meeting in a tavern <laughs> you're not meeting in a tavern yeah. you know you're not running into each other you have actual backstory to begin with yeah you start with stuff in it it, it there's a lot of interesting role play game theory that's incorporated into the apocalypse system and this one uses it very nicely i really do like it <clears throat> i'm now i'm intrigued this sounds yeah. fantastic oh yeah there i mean um uh, uh andy andy wants to play of course he he doesn't know too much about the system he's monster of the work weak woo, yep. you know and uh strokes um, the weird in him yeah we're trying to we're trying to come up with maybe some way to I think Jeff Harris or Matt has Zoom okay. uh, Pro, oh, so we can uh, we can just zoom it uh, for endless hours or something. So that's what that's what we're looking at. Super so neat. It it is. It's very neat. And it's this one is Monster of the Week. So it's it's literally the world. You know, I'm, I mean, I don't know how Matt will do it, but it's basically the world today. And uh, well, hey, there are monsters out there, and we got to go take care of them. So and you know, there's a mystery. Every week we have to solve. 
So. Zoinks, yo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So no, it's great. It, it, it actually, it's very interesting. So it's really funny. Uh, Andy insists when he uh, bought the rule book that he put in his dad's address, but the rule book ended up here. Oh. So uh, <laughs> I perused it over the weekend to uh, figure things out about it. So I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, you looked at the pile of stuff that has to go to Andy, and the rule book will, will end up in that pile. Sure. Uh, but, We're going to uh, need a bigger box. But, uh, but, but will it end up there? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the question. <laughs> but um, You should send him a page, a page over, like, text it to him, a page ooh, a day. Yeah. The way he has the book eventually. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Yeah. Or or just, just send him a page a day. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> yeah, you know, that'll save the post office. So, or even better, send them a quarter of a page a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's two sided, so he like gets a quarter of two sides. Uh, but yeah, so going through that was neat. Um, it's a very interesting system, and it uh, sounds like it. We'll see. We'll see how uh, how things go. Yeah, um, keep us abreast of that one. Yeah. Speaking of books, we are reading on a pale horse. For the Geek Shock Book Club, discussions have opened. I think I'm about a quarter of the way through the book right now. What? No. What, not Jeff? Gonna, not going to do it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> He's dying. A few books I did finish this week. Uh, Gwendy's Button Box by Stephen King and uh, the Robert Chismark. Gwendy's Button Box. It's not a porn, Kay. Oh. It's not a porn. <laughs> Maybe in your rule. <laughs> <laughs> it was a collaboration between uh, Richard Chismar, who runs the uh, Cemetery Dance Press, and Stephen King, who almost does everything exclusively through that press when it comes to his special edition books. Uh, short novelette for the most part, but very enjoyable. Uh, I've been doing daily walks now just to get moving. And so I need to. what gets me through those walks are books... I'm recording, and I get those to the library, so I got this one through it. And it was only about a three-hour listen, but very worthwhile. So uh, the book's probably cheap out there because it's so small, but get it through the library. That's obviously out in the system. So it's worth a listen or a read if you're into horror at all. Uh, finished The Fisherman. I can officially say that is so far the best book I've read this year by hmm. John Langan. Uh, for those out there who care about uh, my book opinions, uh this is the first must-read of the year. Again, book was published in 2016, but it won the Bram Stoker Award this year, that year and worthwhile. Uh, it's very literary horror, but not in the way that it's thick in any way. It just means it's a little more quiet than your average slasher kind of stuff. Very Lovecraftian, uh, but of nice slow burn, but not in a slow burn way that makes it uh, boring from beginning. And At no point in this book was I bored. So it just has a long way to tell a very, very eerie story. And weirdly enough, it kind of freaked me out about the ocean. Um, not that I live by the ocean, but this is how deep about the freakness it got me of the ocean. I got freaked out by my Minecraft ocean. Oh, like, yeah? it, going into the ocean of Minecraft, I flashed back to this book and I, it got wigged. That's how strong this book was to me. Well, you 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 have ocean problems. I mean, there's no, I the, don't. What what no? What's that one video game where you got Subnautica? It? Yes, it's not that that, that, that one. Just, that that, just, that, that one's intentionally scary. Yeah. Professor Addy can back me up. Yes, on Yes, exactly. Uh, that's so. But I don't have issue with the real ocean. I love the real ocean. Mm -hmm. I'll swim in there anytime. Yeah. 
They, right. they, sharks mm-hmm. don't scare me. Yeah, let's just put you a thousand miles out there and see what happens. That's a whole different creature. <laughs> there was a shark attack in California just this just this weekend, but not in the desert. Well, you said you would swim in the. I'm, I'm saying when I go swimming, I'm like, oh, are there sharks here? No, I, I'm not that kind of dude. I'm not saying that. Oh, look, sharks! I must swim with them. That's not what I'm talking. No, about. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not. Jeff, did I say that? It was a shark attack. I'm they lost. Happened. <laughs> I, the back and forth, I was like, <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> uh, on a side note, I am really glad that uh, more people really need to check out those library loan yes. books for your tablet, phone, et cetera. They're because free. I almost signed up for Audible several months ago, and then stupid me forgot that there's a lot of books on audio that are available to borrow for free through those apps exactly and and there's a lot of them in there i mean there's not every title that you're looking for mind you but there's a lot of them in there oh absolutely and 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 with all books and audiobooks especially you can get a great book but sometimes the reader doesn't gel with you and so on so you hit the occasional clunker so you don't have to worry about that the stuff that you get with audible because you get from the library and it's like ah this isn't working for me send it back find another book yep do that ad infinitum. I think you can have 20 things out at a time. You can have books. You can have comic books. You can yeah. have movies. You can have books on audio. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's worth checking into. All for the price of going to the library and just getting yourself a library card. Uh, but The Fisherman, John Langan, super eerie stuff in that. I've, there's images in that book that will forever be burned in my brain. And it's rare that I have a horror novel that does that. And again, it's not an over-the-top, super gory book. It's eerie, it's weird, and there are parts in it that are just plain terrifying. So highly recommended. Uh, I also finished uh, The Odds by Jeff Strand. I actually finished that two days after I got it. Uh, again, that whole uh, psychopath, you play the game created by the psychopath, like Saw. That's kind mm. of that, that whole kind of idea. Uh, so if you like that sort of thing, without that much horror, there is no kind of uh, torture porn-esque thing about it. It's just psychopaths playing games and getting wrapped up in it and getting out. It's worthwhile. Anything else, gentlemen? Nothing I can think of right off the top of my head. I was just tearing trying to <laughs> yeah, were you? Just trying to trying to keep busy this week. <laughs> Absolutely, as we are each week, because uh, I'm not going back to work anytime yeah. soon. Oh, yeah. I did watch Rise of Skywalker again. Ah, so yeah, I, I do. I did mean to go back. I do want to watch that again. Yeah, because there I, again, there's parts of that movie that, as I've thought about it, don't strike me well. But there's a lot of parts in that movie that's just plain fun. And as far yeah. as yeah, a, a fun movie about space wizards. It's enjoyable. There, there, yeah, exactly. There, are, there's some neat points, and it's really funny too because I keep going back to, on the one hand, from a pulpy perspective, and actually, I think looking at yes. the Skywalker, you know, at the nine films as a whole, I actually spoilers <laughs> like Ray as a Palpatine. I like that twist. Okay. Because as an as an overall thing, I think that's a neat little twist. Because on the, oh, go ahead, please, go. you know, now this is, but this is holistically. Yes, talk talk about the whole, the whole thing. The whole thing. Because, all nine movies. Because on the other hand, in Ryan Johnson, one of the things I loved about Last Jedi, it was so subversive. Yes, he was kicking over every single bucket of trope. 
he could come across. Yeah, I think in that's the why we agree we enjoy And it. that's why I loved that. And I really did love <clears throat> this incredibly powerful Jedi uh, or Force user who is, you know, nobody. So, you know, that I'm sort of in this weird zone of I like them both. I, I wish he'd stuck with the nobody thing, but in terms of what, in terms of thinking of Abrams sitting down and looking at the whole and say, what kind of, how do I want to do the last three of nine, you know, movies? I understand the choice and I see where it came from. But I really did like the whole sure nobody. Thing. And I like that that because that's still kind of in there. I mean, you have the kid at the end. That's not erased. The kid, the kid, little kid, and yes, Last Jedi has force power. That right, he's coming into, and there's that whole is Finn sensitive to the Force and all that. Right. Uh, but you're right. The nine movies is about special bloodlines. Yeah. Un- underneath yeah. it all, that is what yeah. those yeah. movies are about. So I can't really argue against... When when it happened, I was like, oh, okay, that's where it's going. And, and I've kind of wrestled with it here and there. But you're right. Looking at the whole thing, it makes sense as yeah. a choice. And And the other thing, watching it, I got to say, James Earl Jones is James Earl Jones. Truth. And no one else is going to be James Earl Jones. Having said that, Ian McDermott is Ian McDermott. Yep. <laughs> he, he, was, he was wonderful. That's, he was wonderful. That as, man, as and when Mr. he developed that persona, he, he fell into it I, completely. I, I totally enjoyed having him back. I, I just... Yeah. He chews scenery with those nasty teeth. It's wonderful. Oh, and it's just, yeah, you know, because the character is, is chews the scenery, literally. So it's just, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that. Sure. And I really enjoyed the whole transposition of objects and how you have, my, that's, I think that may be my favorite moment in the movie is the whole, you know, um, the, the Ray and, and Kylo talk and uh, pulls off the necklace, and you know things go. You know, there's there's hints of it in the earlier movies with little bits of water on the fingers, and then finally she gives him the lightsaber, and that was actually I I actually liked uh, I liked that moment a lot. I thought that was a nice build to that little moment. What, what kind of force teleportation? What what kind <laughs> of? Because I've I've been going back and forth with it. I enjoyed it when I watched it, but I also enjoyed Phantom Menace when I first watched it too. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So as it sits and simmers and the, and the questions and the, and the, sure. the, the little things that... Hitchcock's had, refrigerator test. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, you know, stuff like that. And so you go, wait, is that, you know, why, why the Goonies thing with the finding the, the cave or the yeah, yeah just things, right. little things like that that just seem too easy along the way. But the, then you remind yourself, this is a pulpy story about space wizards. It's, yeah, it's and, it's supposed to be pulp. It's okay. Sure, yeah, and you know, and then the the false thing about three PO. It was sort of, it was like, mm, why did we? Boy, they didn't even milk that. It's just like, oh, three PO's gone. Up, oh, three PO's back. Sure, the the, the many false deaths. God, in the, yeah, in the, in the you know film. that that was uh, what was the movie we've? Uh, oh, uh, uh, spoiler alert, Picard. Oh. It, it was just like, yeah, boy, this, the, the, yeah. This one's this, they, this they, is they, a little more <laughs> since it's only just people that get stream that streaming service. This one, 
don't give away that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just say in Picard, there's a lot of foreshadowing. So when the thing happens, it's not a surprise. Yeah, and it's just like uh, <laughs> like heavy-handed foreshadowing. Yeah, and it just, it just it's like oh, you know, I mean, okay, I don't like your choice, you know. And in Rise of Skywalker, we do it twice because Chewie's back. Now yeah. that's kind of cool because uh, I mean, Chewie has some. That 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 meltdown when he finds out Leia's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's that's that good was, and strong. That was that was sublime. There are great moments. And and when 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 he does that, he does that long distance shot, and uh, 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 Poe and Finn are like helpless to to console Chewie. It's just that was that that actually played well. I just I've never been a fan of actions with no real consequences yeah the the her using the force lightning destroying the ship she thinks she's killed chewy but suddenly chewy's back suddenly so too. yeah suddenly chewy's sure. back but everything more, is everything but, is fine but that chewy reveal is for us and not her she thinks sure. she's dead, and so that's to let right. us know that he's okay and, yeah and but, but once but, she knows it's okay there's still no consequence yeah, but, you're it's, right it's for also, her digging into the dark side of her nature and, again and, the problems of the movie yes. yeah and it and it's also so it, it, it regardless it's still quick and and you 3PO know? 3PO having the backup right R2's backed him up so you know, here we're faced with the possibility of losing yet another original series care. You mm-hmm. know, original trilogy, trilogy. I guess so, you know. Yeah. We've now have <laughs> we nine have a trilogy, films, a trilogy, a trilogy yeah. of trilogies. You know, a character that could have really sacrificed himself. He's like, I'm allowing myself to do this so you guys get what you need. Mm-hmm. But there's no real consequence because oh, he gets back, R2 right, reboots right. him, and boom. the only the only consequence is Leia. And that's because yeah. Carrie Fisher forced yeah. it on J.J. Abrams. Sure. Yeah. So In, in so many words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it would have been a lot more powerful moment for C-3PO to have yeah. actually sacrificed. Yeah. And when he came up with the red eyes and he was like, bah, 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 I was like, oh, no, he's not going to let him stay like that, is he? And then he didn't. And I was like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> I, I will say uh, there is a video out there that, brought me back to enjoying that movie again mm. uh there's you, you might have seen this channel out there a, a channel called cinema wins yes because uh, i i don't like cinema sins i think it's nitpicky it's 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 enjoyable on one side but it, it's it finds way too many just like oh you think that's an awful thing i yeah, can't watch you yeah, anymore right uh, but cinema wins is kind of that whole thing but pointing out what's enjoyable about movies that a lot of people pan. He, he tries to find the good in things. His whole philosophy on it is you're going to, for every movie out there, it's somebody's favorite movie somewhere. Somebody out there enjoys that movie a lot. And so he's like, so he wants to see the good in what a lot of people consider flawed films. So Cinema Wins did a... It's me, guys. It's my phone. Oh, okay. Don't, don't go looking for your phones. <laughs> so I, I really enjoy what he does on that. And he's putting out a two-parter. and For Rise? Uh, for Rise, yeah. Woo. He's got so much to say about Rise that he didn't want it to be too long. So the first part, I think, is a half hour. So I look forward to seeing what his second part is. Oh, he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't. Yeah. Oh, he hasn't posted it yet. The first part goes through and does all okay. the wins of the movie. And then the second part is going to be his thoughts on it. So the fact that he realizes it's a flawed film, but he still enjoys it. And he does a really good job 
of embracing the joy of film instead of the cynical nature that a lot of people approach movies with now, especially on the internet. That it's it's right. easy it's it's easy yeah. to find the things that are wrong if you look for them, uh, but it's also easy to find the things that are right when you look for them too. I've uh, I've watched a few of those. Now he, man, half hour in two parts because doesn't he usually have a very or am I thinking of a I might be I'm not thinking of another scene. He actually has a rather rapid delivery, doesn't he? Uh, no, he does. Okay, that must be everything great about. Or something like there's another series out there that he, he actually does a tally and he he spits it out real fast at least i don't remember him spitting it out fast i know okay. cinema sins goes fast yeah uh but i think he well, he's a little slower on it i'll see it that 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 is cool that is fun all right anything else guys yeah probably but you know all right, i do want to sh- throw out a little bit of an email that we got this week oh uh this one says uh good day fuckers uh-oh. It's not who you think it is. Aussie Matt here. What the hell? A.K.A. Killdozer, the uh, permanently bewildered half-orc paladin from the Scoop Monkey D&D game. Yes. I've just started listening to episode 534, that's two episodes ago, and I was wondering if I've downloaded Old Fogey Shock by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> What's all this talk of pillboxes and taxes? Are you guys really that old? <laughs> Sometimes it feels that way. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, fuck, I have a pill box for my daily medication. And just last week, I was thinking about my taxes. Maybe I'm old as well. Yeah. Says he, stroking his beautiful white lockdown beard. <laughs> but that's not why I'm writing. One of my, one of the fortunates who is still in a full-time job, currently working from home, Listening to you guys talk about how your jobs and incomes have disappeared makes me wish I could do something to help. Have you guys looked into Patreon yet? Like you promised last time I wrote in. Uh oh. To abuse your sorry asses. Oh, he wrote in before. Yes. He's the guy that asked about it last time. Yeah. (laughs) You guys provide light and frivolity and genuine joy in these times of malady. Malady? Yes. It's malady. Times lady. of <laughs> times of Milady. times of malady, misery, and morons. Milady misery. How glad of you to return, Milady malady. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be able to thank you in ways other than simple verbal abuse. Hello, <laughs> though that's always on offer. Wow, you absolute twats. <laughs> what can I do to help you guys? Wishing you well from here in mythical Australia, Aussie Matt. Well, thank you, Matt, for thank you, Matt, writing into yeah. abuse us as you do. <laughs> So when I got laid off, I was like, well, this is the perfect time to move forward with all that. Until they started closing down the business license offices here in Vegas. So mm. there is they're, they're opening back up and doesn't look like I'm going back to work anytime soon. So fingers crossed. I'm hoping to have it done in the next week or two. Oh, right. boy. And then that'll hopefully oh, the bucks will be allow, me to, in. <laughs> allow me to get the stupid business bank account so that we can actually open the damn patreon there's just so patreon has so many freaking hoops to jump through yeah. well, it's not i you know i i spent a good hour trying to figure out you know several months ago how to, to go about doing this the best way and it just is like one of those like oh so i have to do this 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 and this before i can even do this so right yeah it's uh although someone is you know someone yeah. comp 
commented once on the internet, every regulation is written in blood. Yeah. And what he means by that is they come around because some asshole abused the system yes. and they needed to make a change. So I'm sure that the hoops in Patreon is to help uh, protect against a sure. lot of whatever. The Although, I, I mean, I don't know how scammy you can get with Patreon because it's, this is my brand, send me money. I mean, yeah. that, that by definition, that's the scam right there. So it, um, I don't know. Unless people are well, people, actively lying well, I mean, about what I they're think, delivering, I think part of it is because Patreon, GoFundMe, uh, Kickstarter—they've all been used for play, uh, you know presenting "quote unquote" projects that people never deliver on. Right. So I mean, doesn't seem like it would be applicable in our case because here we are, five hundred and thirty-six episodes. That's, that's right. Thirty-seven episodes yeah, later, we, we have, deliver. We do have we, a, a we track create. We, we, yeah. But you know, no when t-shirts yet, but still, when you're funding somebody's movie that they never make, or you know, their oh, video hey, Duncan, project. Duncan's walking oh, by, folks. Hey, Duncan, I just, I just, I'm just stopping you to say, I bought us a new pan. We got a new 10 inch pan. Yay, new pan! Yeah, it's like, oh, dude, the old one. You know, the whole Teflon makes your penis shrink. Oh yeah, yeah. This one. It, is it a super one, quiet super pan? Oh, this pan, this this old pan. I mean. Our our penises must be shriveled and gone because <laughs> that puppy is scratched and pitted, and so you know what had to get a new one. Buy yourself a good cast iron pan. You'll never have to buy another one ever. Okay, buy buy the super pan, dude. The super pan is super quiet. You it won't talk super to you. Quiet. It won't tell you what about. to do. Oh wow! It's the super. <laughs> You won't get you won't get no you won't get whispers like you'll get from this pan that who, he's who, holding up. Who now. is using a metal spatula on that? <laughs> was that, that your no, dad? No, that it's just that that pan is oh, over okay. ten years old. It's not a super pan. Yeah. Somewhere Andy is screaming. He's like, "They're playing with me for something else." Dude, let me tell you about pans. I don't know if it's like the the upcoming beefs shortage or something, uh-huh. but there's a run on fucking pans. <laughs> is there now? You walk next time you're out. You walk through the pan aisle. There are not a lot of pans out there. I, I, I'll, I'll just take your word for it. I'm going to give that a pass. I'm not going to go to the pan. Pass on the pan? I'm going to pass on the pan aisle. You know why? They usually don't sell the super pan there. You can only yeah. get super pan through special order. And they don't have the cast iron ones iron. Although, dude, I can't get cast iron. Why Duncan not? will fucking burn his hand the first time he grabs the handle. Well, they Andy, have the ones with the little silicone covers uh, on it. Just yeah. make sure you... Stick it on there every yeah, single oh, time. Oh, I, I gotta make every, sure. After, you, after yeah, you, sure. You, you see, don't wash. It, you don't. You don't wash a cast iron. You you wipe it out very nicely. So just make sure you put that rubber, that little silicone handle on it after you're done. And, yeah, and okay. be sure to put on earphones so you won't listen to it when it tells you to kill your family. Well, there's that too. Yeah, that's, dude. We're talking Andy and Duncan. I don't know if the homeowners insurance can afford a cast iron pan. <laughs> How about some news you don't give a shit about? It's better, but it's better, but you were late. You were late, but it's better. Kudos, kudos, and smacks. Speaking of smacks, HBO Max is releasing later this month as the newest streaming platform. They've now teamed up with Crunchyroll to get some anime series added. Uh, some of the titles that will be added at launch include Full Metal Alchemist, Brotherhood, uh, Ruroni Ru- 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 Kenshin, 
Yeah. And your your lie in April. Is you that, lie. Either, either you lie. <laughs> it says your lie in April. I assume that's the whole title and doesn't mean it's just you lie and it's coming in April. I think the whole title is called You Lie in April. Uh, it's it's an anime. It could be go either way. Angelica's shaking her head right now in shame. <laughs> Meanwhile, Death Note and Hunter x Hunter will be added eventually. Uh, both companies are owned by Warner Media, so it's no surprise. Oh, uh, HBO Max uh, launches on May twenty seventh. So you so you'll get anime too uh, if you get uh, HBO Max. So let's do some Weekend Geek. How was that? This wow, that was great. Right? Very <laughs> I didn't even have any time to complain about HBO Max. Wow. Nope. What can we complain about except that it exists right now? There's if Matt listened to us, he'd barely have time to be upset. I pretty much just put it in there in reverence to Matt. Yeah. That's really the only reason. Not that like, he appreciates any of it, because he doesn't know. He's a just, busy man. I think it just yeah. pisses me off that like, if you're already paying for HBO, it seems like you should be able to take advantage of all the rest of this. But stuff. have they have they not sorted out how that works yet or it doesn't seem to be in, it's a completely yeah. separate streaming. It's online yeah. only. Yeah. So, you know, how many people are gonna cancel their cable HBO and jump to this? I uh, I, I doubt very many who are already doing cable because if yeah. you haven't cut the cord yet, you're probably not gonna. Well, You've had plenty of incentive so far. Yeah, and my stupid, the only reason I have HBO right now is because they bundled it in to give me a discount on my overall monthly bill. Sure. So having that, it's it's so stupid. It makes it cheaper somehow. Yeah, it's like having HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, and Stars was a hundred bucks cheaper than what I was paying per month. Damn. It's stupid, dude. It's, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. And it's only because it's a 12-month quote-unquote special. So oh, yes. After... I think next month I have to go back and take advantage of quote unquote what the new special yeah, is. Exactly. But, yeah, exactly. But it was I'm like getting close to that myself. It was sitting there, I was sitting there going, I'm like, so wait a minute. You're gonna add stuff, give me faster internet, a new cable modem, and it's gonna cost me a hundred bucks less? It's like, what kind of scam are you people running here? Well you're all of it. You're Jeff Gunter, right? You're the guy who forgets to cancel stuff <laughs> when you're done. Somehow it's not a monopoly when all the companies get together and decide to leave each other alone and carve out their own parts of the U.S. Yeah. Jerks. Yeah. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con will go on as scheduled this summer. Virtually. Yeah, I saw that. After not everyone did, Jeff. (laughs) 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 Wow. After initially scrapping the 51-year-old convention for the first time in its history due to COVID-19 concerns, organizers of the con have announced that they're putting on a virtual edition. It's still unclear as to what that looks like or whether it's taking place the previously scheduled dates of July 23rd to 26th, nor do we know what Hollywood and comic book talent will be participating while others attempted to put together other cyber events, the lone major live-action convention holdout is Disney's Star Wars Celebration 2020, which is still scheduled to go on in August. Well, you know, Disney and Kathleen Kennedy doesn't care about the fans. Oh, yes. So they're going to want them to come in and get all in. Inf- Wait, no. You have to You have to uh, ignore the quarantine to be uh, the... Uh, you. No, you... I. Uh, I don't know. Damn it, how do I alt-right, Kirsten? Yes, I can't exactly. decide in this, in this case. <laughs> yeah, really, it's just, it's alt-wrong. What about control-alt-escape? <laughs> yeah, really. Control-alt-delete. Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. They, 
their their ad was was pretty cute. They had the whole is like uh, coming soon. No lines, fewer crowds, free parking, comfy chairs. I was like, it's like running all the things that people will complain about Comic Con for for decades. You can actually like, get into Hall H. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was I thought what, it was funny. What are you gonna do? It for was cute them con? making fun of themselves. Yeah, we can we can have parties where we just stand in line at our computers. Yeah, waiting to stream it. Cosplay in front of your camera, man. There you go. Oh yeah, I'm gonna cosplay something naked. Yeah, the pantsless K. Is that a character? It is now. Okay. What, there, what? <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Jeff? Jeff got distracted like a cat. <laughs> there, there's a tree. Way back there, that went all the way to the right of the window, and then came all the way back, and now it's just waving back and forth. But I yeah. mean, that was—I think the stuff's kicked in, Kirsten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, I that's just, some I potent not fireball. Seen a tree move that. Uh, this is that the, far since uh, tornadoes back in Kansas. <laughs> this is the Canadian absinthe, so they add lots of cinnamon to it, uh, and it just. Yes. And you tend to see woodland things moving versus other <laughs> anything else. <laughs> yes. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> the CW has acquired the series Swamp Thing. Hmm. Oh. Based on the DC character, along with the half-hour British comedy Dead Pixels. All will premiere on broadcast and the network's free ad-supported streaming platforms. Swamp Thing premiered on DC Universe and aired for one season. Follows Dr. Abby Arcane as she investigates what seems to be a deadly swamp-borne virus in a town in Louisiana. Fake news. But when a mysterious creature emerges from the murky marsh, she finds herself facing the nightmares of a supernatural I don't know what the nightmares are about. The swamp virus doesn't kill any more people than the flu. (laughs) And, you know, it's just... Just keep your swamp town. Is this a continuation of that series? Uh, this is that series. Okay, good. Literally that series. I don't know if they're going to continue beyond that. It. Oh, they're just airing the first yeah. season? Oh. Yeah, this is the CW. Just, I mean, it's not the first time it's happened, obviously. The yeah. Harley Quinn is already on sci-fi. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's an interesting thing going on with these only streaming shows getting bought up by... Hmm. networks okay uh, although it kind of makes sense right now because they can't film new things right so why not grab something that a lot of people haven't seen okay that might be available uh dead pixels follows meg nikki and Usman, who are obsessed with their online fantasy game kingdom scrolls uh dead pixels is split equally between the characters tragicomic lives and their computer animated adventures in kingdom scrolls uh it was made uh, for bb bbc made this one so so both going to the CW. Both only aired for one season, at least thus far as far as pic- the Pixels. Uh, we all know that it got canceled as far as uh, Swamp Thing. Right. It would be interesting if it does take off on CW and they do more episodes. Yeah. It is possible. Yeah. But they haven't said one way I mean, or another. I, mean, uh, I have a feeling this is just time filler. I have Probably. a lot. Oh, yeah. Because it's because these are going to be summer shows for them. Okay, right. So because because uh, you know I haven't seen it, but enough people were very disappointed. They were uh, pleased with how it was being handled. Sure, I hear it's great. Yeah, I, I saw the DVD set and was very tempted to get it until I saw there was absolutely no special features, and I'm like, "Fuck you! I don't still right. don't do that." Right. Special features or nothing. That's no pantsless K. In fact, you can leave out the show itself. Just give me the features. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Dude, I'd buy a DVD set of the Mandalorian uh, special effects stuff. 
Sure. All that stuff that is on shit, Disney Plus. It's awesome. That shit just just blew me away. Just a commentary, man. I don't ask for much. I just, yeah. I don't ask for much. I just ask for the people involved to sit and watch the show and record the whole thing. Yeah, really. And not leave out the part where they fall through the center and die. <laughs> and 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 maybe talk about the show too. Oh, okay, <laughs> sure. You know, there, there's. I've heard a few commentary uh-huh. where people are like, "Yeah, it's like they met in a bar and they're just talking and occasionally like, oh, the show's on." Sometimes those are fun. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but right. sometimes those are fun. Right. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. If if it does well enough on CW, there's the potential that it could get rebirth. Yeah, we covered that a little bit ago. I'm just saying. <laughs> what I mean is, of any of any potential place to put it, where it could get rebirth, oh, it, a, it is on the CW. Sure. That's what I was trying to say, because Berlanti has really made himself a name in the CW and for making DC properties successful sure. on there. We're right. So it does, when, does gel there. That's, when where are I, they, that's what I was trying to when say. When are they just going to you know, give up and create the BW? The, the Batman? Bel- Berlanti world. Berlanti world. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might as well just change the name. They already have. So Yeah. Go, Chris. Original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle co-creator Kevin Eastman is working on a new miniseries called The Last Ronin. Reviving a long-lost idea that he and co-creator Peter Laird first had back in the early days of the Turtles comics. The upcoming five-issue comic series from IDW will be co-written by Eastman and Tom Waltz with art by Andy Kuhn. The Last Ronin will be set in the year 2040 after rediscovering a story he and Laird had written back in 1987. Quote, if I can find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eastman said that he, quote, drifted back to a very different time in TMNT history, back when it was all about the comics, mostly just Peter and I writing and drawing the issues pre-everything. The world would soon come to know about these characters we created and called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, unquote. Describing the new series as a heartfelt love poem to all the TMNT universes of the past, Eastman told The Hollywood Reporter that the last Ronin glimpses one possible future for the stealthy reptilian quartet. Uh, the series will reportedly feature a 48 pa- uh, five 48 page installments with three editions planned for the first issue. Story details are still light, and uh, other than the tease that the first issue will arrive sometime this year. So you know that actually reminds me. Uh, I had to look it up to make sure the TMT T- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie this year is the 30th anniversary. No, oh. and they're having a uh, a cast reunion online. Oh, is Josh Gad doing it? No, oh. Josh Gad is not doing it. Damn uh, it. It's being hosted by Judith Hogue, who played the uh, the role of April O'Neil in that movie. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, it doesn't say who's confirmed, except that it's a, it just says the original cast reuniting on May 23rd. So I'll bet you Corey I, Feldman's available. Oh, yeah. Well, he did the <laughs> he did the Goonies one. So Corey Feldman's always available. Right. <laughs> But yeah, maybe wow. don't get me wrong. That, I, I, I love Corey Feldman. Okay. I absolutely adore the man. All right, he's nuttier than the fruitcake, but I love him. Always have, always will. Netflix has grabbed the rights to another comic publisher's TV adaptations after the streamer snapped up Miller World and Dark Horse deals to bolster its roster of original content. It looks like Boom Studios, the comic house behind the Dark Crystal Age of Renaissance prequel comic, and well, many more. Boom's been around for a while. Right. Is the latest to sign up. 
The comic studio and streamer have signed a first-look deal, seeing the former produce live-action and animated series based on its comics. Boom Studios founder, CEO Ross Ritchie, and development president Stephen Christie will oversee the effort. Boom has already had such a deal with regards to feature films with Disney's 20th Century Fox, and now Disney's library of comic IP is one of the largest around, aside from Marvel and DC, of course. Woody Harrelson, John Goodman, Tiffany Haddish, and Pete Davison have all been confirmed as principal all-star voice cast for Freak Brothers, an adult cartoon series based on the hippie-era underground comic from Zap Comics. So that, that is the Freak Brothers from way back when. The show focuses on a group of San Francisco stoners back in 1969 who end up smoking a genetically altered strain of marijuana that puts them in a comatose state for 50 years. Awakening in the 21st century, the free-loving draft dodgers and their talking cat must navigate a world full of technology and political correctness. There is already a, sh- a short available that finds the brothers heading to the White House to get their hands on some, quote, original recipe KFC from President Donald Trump. The theme song is a rendition of, uh, oh, I, I cut that right off. Uh, the song is a rendition of uh, Fortunate Son. And uh, four of these shorts are planned in the run-up to the planned eight-episode regular installments that clock in around 22 minutes apiece. The project's being animated by two studios known for their work on The Simpsons and Rick and Morty, uh, Pure Imagination Studios, and Starburn Studios. Uh, Freak Brothers is being shopped to networks at this time. You had me till Pete Davidson. <laughs> uh, you a Pete Davidson hater, are you? Not hater. I just, I can't, I don't find him funny, and I don't understand the kind of cult following that he has with people. Like, oh, I love him in this, and I'm like, he didn't do anything in that. Or, oh, you wow. know, it's like, yeah, it's just, you know. Strong words. Jeff's getting old. <laughs> Turning yeah, into a dad. Get off my lawn. Next, you'll be talking about pillboxes and taxes. Yeah. We already, we already covered that. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did watch that first short, and it was pretty good. And yeah, it's it's the Freak Brothers. Oh, wow. Down, I mean, they did not change their look. They animated that comic. Wow. Wow. It's, that was Pete Davison. Uh, that's the voice of Pete Davis. Yeah, yeah. How was it? It's good. It's, okay. it's really good. The, right. the one with, with President Trump. They got. Okay. I think that was the same guy that had the President show that was on the Comedy Central for a while. Oh, right. yeah. And he's an amazing Trump impressionist. And it, it's them chasing around each other with the whole thing is they've wake as I just explained. They got stoned, woke up in modern times, mm. and are trying to acclimate. And they go to KFC. And KFC tastes horrible. That's not the original recipe that they remember. And it turns out Trump has the only bucket of chicken that is the original recipe. So they go to the Oval Office to get it back. And it's glorious. It's over the top. It's stupid. It's stoner comedy. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's just plain fun. All right. And the short's like three minutes long. So it's not like it's a risk of time. Because I don't have much, apparently. (laughs) After successfully adapting Stephen King's novels Gerald's Game and Dr. Sleep for the screen, writer-director Mike Flanagan is returning to King for another film. Flanagan will be working on King's 2014 novel Revival for Warner Brothers. Uh, Flanagan will script the project with an option to direct. The Fault in Our Stars director Josh Boone, who is currently helming a miniseries adaptation of The Stand, was previously attached to the project. 
Uh, Revival follows the relationship between a drug-addicted musician and a minister-turned-bizarre-faith-healer who's taken to healing people through strange electrical experiments following the shattering death of his wife and child. The minister, named Charles Jacobs, promises the musician that he can heal his childhood sweetheart, but only if they partner together for one last massive experiment to reach out to Jacobs' dead family. What they find when they attempt to make the connection, though, is something much darker. Uh, Also, as part of Mike Flanagan's overall deal that he has with Netflix, too... He is now looking to adapt The Midnight Club for Netflix. That was originally published in 1994. The Midnight Club takes place at a hospice for terminally ill teenagers where a group of patients come together at midnight to share scary stories. They eventually make a pact that whichever of them dies first will contact the others from beyond the grave. Production has wrapped on Flanagan's latest project for Netflix, The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is a follow-up to 2018's The Haunting of Hill House, and is set to hit Netflix sometime this year. Uh, Yeah, I like Flanagan's work, so I haven't read Revival. Uh, I've heard middling things about that particular book, but it's king, so I'll eventually get around to it. Eventually. But uh, with this pedigree, I'm not worried if anybody can make a good movie out of it. It's going to be him. Virtual cons are gaining in popularity. Popularity? <laughs> yes, it sure is. And another that's coming our way comes from Funimation. The anime licensing and distributing company behind My Hero Academia is launching Funimation Con, its first ever virtual con for the anime community. The free two-day virtual festival runs July 3rd and 4th and will offer anime fans panels cosplay meetups and forums quote fanimation con sorry funimation con is as a whole different thing isn't it as a chance for us to give back to the community which has supported us for over 25 years by reimagining the convention experience said funimation general manager colin decker with so many anime events being canceled this year we're jumping in to fill in the gap with a new way for fans to come together and enjoy some great content and experiences Fans looking for more information on the Funimation Con can visit their website. The company says they will share more details on the event in the coming weeks. Good. I'm all for free cons. The only thing is kind of weird when you have a company that produces anime. Chances are it's only going to cover those anime. It's not going to be like a general pop culture con. We're going to get all these other things. It'd be like... uh, I would be all for a tour book con, but I know I'm not going to get any books from Bane talked about in that at all. So, so yay, but a tempered yay. It would be wise of you not to worry about getting books from me. Oh, wow. That's uh, not bad. You not read bad at all. the book. I was born in it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Uh, very good, uh, Dylan. <laughs> oh, we'll just do a Bane episode, Jeff. Oh, How about that? That'd be awesome. I'm down. Go for it. <laughs> News I don't give a shit about. <laughs> that geriatric Bane? What the hell? Yes. I'll be future Bane. Get off my lawn. No, stay right there. I'll come to you. The once in future Bane? (laughs) I find it amusing. (laughs) Dead air. Stop it. 
That was a, that was a tribute to Andy. It's not going to make the cut. <laughs> Damn it! No, not dead air. Torture air. I'll make you live so that you will enjoy. It'll be funny. All the tributes to Andy get cut out. <laughs> we love you, Matt. We love you. <laughs> no one heard that. Yeah. <laughs> no one heard that. Uh, yeah, the, the show gets edited was funny. for content. <laughs> oh. Andy is not content. <laughs> Andy is discontent. <laughs> Currently, he's very discontent. <laughs> now is the Andy of our discontent. <laughs> uh, Shakespeare. <laughs> Karen Gillan and Aaron Paul have been cast in XYZ Films sci-fi movie Duel. That's a D-U-A-L, not D-U-E-L. D-U-A-L, Duel person. Oh. Written by Riley Stearns, who did The Art of Self-Defense, the film follows a terminally ill woman who decides to have herself cloned so as to ease the grief of her loved ones. When the woman miraculously recovers, her attempts to get rid of the clone lead to (laughs) court-mandated battle to the death. That escalated yeah <laughs> that's awesome i like that story i'm, I'm down and crika when i first started reading it i started like kramer versus kramer yeah. but it quickly went mad max at the end <laughs> oh that went south so fast <laughs> yeah really in one sentence that was awesome well I'm karen gillian by all means yeah anything yeah. you do you're amazing absolutely and her fighting herself yeah, that, that that doubly amazing. I'm sure that was the that was the start of the pitch meeting. <laughs> yeah. It'll be the hottest fight ever, yeah. right? Before there was a script, that, <laughs> was, that yeah. was the pitch. What it came, uh, Karen Gillan? Yeah, if we could only have her fighting herself, and everybody just sits there for a second. <sighs> <sighs> I'll be in my office if anybody needs me. <laughs> <laughs> and, while, and while you're doing that, I'll write the script. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Universal is planning a big screen adaptation of Mark Watson and Oliver Harrod's graphic novel, Dan and Sam, about a supernatural romance between a widowed husband and his ghostly wife. Little Diddy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. About Dan and Sam. Two American kids done the best thing. Dan and Sam. (laughs) Two LGBTQA didn't stand a chance. Away, life goes on. Wave the rainbow flag and uh, let the Bible Belt come save my soul. The, the studio has signed up Japanese Helmer Hikari to direct the film, which will be penned by Molly Smith Metzler, whose writing credits include Shameless and Orange is the New Black. Dan and Sam tells the bittersweet tale of a happily married couple who own a popular London restaurant and have everything going for them until a tragic accident strikes and Sam dies in Dan's arms. Dan can't imagine life without her, and he gets his wish when Sam returns to him as a ghost for one night of the year every year, an arrangement that will last until he falls in love again. Hikari is best known for her 2019 debut drama, 37 Seconds, which had its world premiere at the Berlin Film Festival and is expected to be released by Netflix early this next year. And 37 Seconds is also the name of my fan script about 
Karen Gillan fighting Karen Gillan. <laughs> <laughs> Title of your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love that Brooke unfortunate Knight. Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Depends who you talk to. Well. Season 10 of American Horror Story is currently on hold because of everything going on. Uh, Co-creator Ryan Murphy announced that a spinoff entitled American Horror Stories is in the works at FX. Is it a reality-based show about what we're going through right now? It could be. (laughs) Takes place in Washington, D.C. The series of one-hour contained episodes will start filming at the same time as the upcoming season. The announcement came during a Zoom call with the show's ensemble cast. During a recent interview with The Wrap, Murphy admitted the plan for season 10 may have to change since the story is very a, quote, weather-dependent show, unquote. Uh, American Horror Story is renewed through season 13. Good, because I can't get enough of that goddamn show. I, I can't state how impressed I am with just about every season of that show. Mm. Some are better than others, but I haven't seen one that's bad. What I love about it it's art without being artsy. It's sexy. It is clever. And it's smart. The writing in that thing is so smart. And it's one of those shows where every shot has a purpose. If there's something that you're like, I wonder why that's there, it's there for a purpose. And it will probably reveal itself to you. When you're saying it's art without being artsy, are you saying it's just it's not pretentious? Or uh, yes, although okay. I will say the first season, uh, first series of it, maybe a little pretentious, a little bit. Okay, yeah. but uh, after that, it's, it knows it's what it some, is. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Uh, but still good, uh, and but at the same time, it is something that elevates horror to art without giving up the horror. There is something awful in every season that is just eye churning. Gotcha. Literally, my eyes churn. It's weird. I have to see the optometrist. Wow. Bloodshot director David S.F. Wilson has found his next genre film. Wilson will be tapped to oversee an adaptation of Daniel Suarez's sci-fi thriller, Influx. A winner of the Prometheus Award, the 2014 book tells the story of John Grady, a physicist who makes a life-changing scientific discovery Soon after, Grady is imprisoned by a shadowy organization calling itself the Bureau of Technology Control, a group that wants to suppress the truth of sudden technological progress and prevent the social upheaval it would trigger. Uh, Based on the Valiant comic of the same name, Sony's Bloodshot ran in theaters for about a week before the coronavirus pandemic shut everything down. Uh, The film made just over $28 at the worldwide box office before hitting VOD platforms months earlier than planned. So, yep, yep, I'm down. I didn't see uh, Bloodshot, but... I didn't either. I heard it was passable. Yeah, I didn't I, see I it. I honestly either. hadn't heard anything about it. So. It's not good, it's not bad, it's just nice yeah. to quote into the woods. I'm getting, I mean, now that the stimulus check came in, I'm like Yay! willing to set aside a little bit of funds and do a few VOD, because it's just like, well, if I was going to go see it in the movie theater... Sure. Might as well just rent it here. I still got things to figure out. My phone is slowly dying. So I ah, just like my soul. Yeah. Well, okay. if money can't buy you happiness, I guess you'll have to rent it. I know. Ah, there it is. Really? There's the Can't even reference. do that. <laughs> you know? It's just, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's really nice, Johnny Dangerously. That's impressive, sir. Indeed. 
Things like you journey's di- getting laid. <laughs> you that dive is, deep, and I do appreciate that, it, Jeff. Yeah. I was going to say, that's a deep Weird Al dive. There's probably Weird Al fans that are like, what? What's he talking about? Impressive. Uh, you know what? Uh, they've been collecting, so we got to go through them. It's time for some red light, green light. Ah. We do that with only three people. We're gonna force the issue, Jeff. And we're not even filming this stuff now. Everything's shut down, right? We well, you know what? We got it. We're planning ahead. We gots to be ready when everything opens back up. Oh, I see. All right, we gotta have our plans in place. Okay. All right. We don't want odd jobs on the back burner too. We're getting paid through this, unlike the low life people that are the cogs in the machine. We'll be shooting in Canada before you know it. Because they got good health care up there. Yes, oh. they do. And it saves us a little money. And that, yeah. and that just saves us a lot of money. Yeah, what are you talking about? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what this is all about. I know. That Canadian dollar, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, I know I know our boardroom here is a little smaller. There's just the three of us. But at least there won't be no ties, right? Well, we're all yeah. wearing T-shirts. Point noted. Absolutely. It's pandemic time. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> and this isn't a Zoom meeting. Pants <laughs> all right gentlemen here's the first pitch on my desk of course these are not new pitches some of these some of these are old pitches but hey these old pitches ain't going anywhere (laughs) 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 and and some of these might actually get canceled that's right before (laughs) that's right at least i don't have to worry i'm coming to the screen anytime soon right all right here we go the first pitch we got here Jerry Bruckheimer revealed a TV show based on the film series National Treasure is in development at Disney+. Also, a third movie's on the way. Quote, we're certainly working on one for streaming, and we're also working on one for the big screen. Uh, hopefully, this is Bruckheimer saying this. Hopefully, they will... <laughs> hopefully, this is him saying <laughs> No, hopefully is the quote continuing. Oh, Okay. All right, I was just like, hopefully he said that and not some <laughs> schmuck on the streets. Bukheimer says, quote, hopefully. Listen, we got to hear the will of the people, too. It's, it's, it's important. Yeah, that's but, why but Jeff's Bruckheimer, here. And Bruckheimer's more important. Why? Because oh. he's rich. Oh, yeah. Hopefully they'll come, uh, both come together. We all hope for that. And we'll mm. bring you another national treasure. But they're both very active. One for Disney Plus is a much younger cast. It's the same concept, but a young cast. <laughs> the one for theatrical would be the same cast, unquote. Just older. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the small screen iteration has a pilot script done and an outline for future episodes. Directed by John Turtletop, the two National Treasure films brought in almost $800 million at the global box office. So Disney Plus, National Treasure, new cast, younger cast. Green light. Green light. I absolutely adore both those films. Uh, it's 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 a it's a lot like a modern day Indiana Jones type adventure. It's it's fun. It's not too heavy. Uh, you know that whole modern day archaeology kind of thing. You know, I yeah, I'm 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 down for a TV series and a new movie. So yeah, green light. All right, how about you? Okay, green light. Ageism sells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have never seen a national treasure. I have not seen any of them. Well, you haven't met. I thought you saw the first one with me. Nope. That was somebody else, Jeff. And Hmm. I'm heartbroken. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? My Blu-rays sat on that shelf for decades. Why, Why are you talking about? Uh, now, didn't they already kind of do this when they made the TV series The Librarian? Isn't that kind of what this is? Uh, Haven't we already had this? Yes and no. That Librarian had a lot has supernatural elements tied ah, in with right. it, so it's not it's not purely archaeological. Yeah, but so does of, Indiana Jones to an extent. National Treasure really doesn't, though. Okay, so National Treasure, Indiana Jones. Uh, more along the lines of the Langan, Langdon stories, uh, like uh, what, what was the Da Vinci Code, that kind of thing, right? Then if you yeah. say it's more like that, sure, where it's more solving the puzzle of yes. a thing. Yeah, yeah, because the first one, there's a series of puzzles he has to solve to find. There's a second. This, this isn't it our freedom? Isn't he like our freedom is a puzzle? So <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the second one is their puzzles too, or is it just more yes, action adventure? Yes. All it's, right. It's it's a lot more of the same, just a different premise. And you think that's something that could be carried on episode to episode? I think it could. I mean you could you can have a different I'm trying to think how to say this. You can mm. have a different actor? Penis? You can have a different goal, I guess, in each show. It doesn't have to be the same. Or you can you really have, amuse yourself with that. Or one, you can have you? an arc of different, you know, like you could say, you know, the goal for this particular this particular goal spans over three episodes or so, as opposed to like an entire season. You could have it be multiple goals in a season instead what of like one goal per episode. They have twenty four hours. I <laughs> ah, see you're onto something here. And every episode uh-huh. is an hour. Oh wow. That's neat. I like this idea. There you go. Let's do it. <clears throat> All right, then. Yeah, and we'll call it National Treasure. Absolutely. <laughs> Not 24? What? No, sorry. Uh, yeah, Green Light, just because even though I haven't seen it, I, I've always liked the concept. It's I just forget they exist like a lot of things that I don't watch. I just forget that it exists because something shiny popped up. Both of them are on Disney+. Plus. They are, and that's probably how I'll see them. Go home and watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I will until something shiny pops up, and then uh, or or a mini starts, you know, glistening in the yeah. corner of your eye. You're yeah, like, that's pretty I gotta much. Go pee. Yeah. Oh, oh, Minecraft. Oh, Barry sent me. What Barry said he's fucked with me. I got the shiny things. Oh wow. All right. So Squirrel. green light cross the board on that one. Let's see this one. Uh, red light, green light. Fledgling fan-owned production company Legion M has recruited Lord of the Rings effects studio Weta Workshop to, quote, begin the visual concept work for a one-hour fantasy drama series based on the chronicle of the Unhewn Throne, the best-selling fantasy book trilogy from author Brian Stavely. The early-in-development series does not have a home on TV yet, but will be titled The Emperor's Blades, the name of the first book in Stavely's trilogy. Uh, So... Sometimes I don't get full press releases. Yeah, not only that, but sometimes I I don't like when we get these and they're so nebulous that they give you just a little snippet of what it may be about. We really can't make a decision. So what I've started doing is when it's based on a book series, I'm taking the log lines from the book because I figure, hey, that's what they're basing it on. So that is this. So this is according to the Amazon description of the story in The Emperor's Blades by Brian Stavely. 
The emperor of Amnor is dead, slain by enemies unknown. His daughter and two sons scattered across the world do what they must to stay alive and unmask the assassins. But each of them also has a life path on which their father set them, destinies entangled with both ancient enemies and inscrutable gods. Caden, the heir to the unhewn throne, has spent eight years sequestered in a remote mountain monastery. Thank you for that. Jesus, write something. All right. Learning the enigmatic discipline of monks devoted to the blank god. Their rituals hold the key to an ancient power he must master before it's too late. An ocean away, Valin endures the brutal training of the Catral, elite soldiers who fly into battle on gigantic black hawks. But before he can set out to save Caden, Valin must survive one horrific final test. At the heart of the Empire, Minister Adair. Elevated to her station by one of the Emperor's final acts, is determined to prove herself to her people, but Adair also believes she knows who murdered her father, and she will stop at nothing and risk everything to see that justice is meted out. Unquote. The involvement of Weta Workshop, whose credits include Avatar and The Hobbit, and Lord of the Rings, of course, will reportedly extend beyond concept phase and through the series' deeper development. Lord of the Rings co-producer and second unit director Rick Porras is also on board as executive producer. Legion M plans to shop the series to potential TV suitors sometime next year. So, that's a lot, gentlemen. So what do you think of Brian Stavely's Emperor's Blades? Red light, green light. Mm. Yeah. I guess green light. Yeah. Riding giant hawks? Always fun. Not new, but always fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, what? Fantasy story. Oh, wow. That's new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get All that right. aspect, but uh, come on. The, the most fa- famous story has riding big birds. Yeah, but... In fact, just... that's our next show. It's going to be called Riding Big Bird. It's going to be a porn. <laughs> You're going to love it. <laughs> That'd be a fun game. It's, Real title or porn title. <laughs> right? And it's not going to be weird because he already has a new weird voice, so no one's going to be right. thrown off by our new actor slash actress. You don't know yet. It's in the costume. That's true. But no, the uh, Emperor's yeah. Blaze. I'm sorry. I got distracted. Yeah. Green light. Yeah. Green, green light. Green light for big birds. Yeah. I like it. Although, yeah, the Legion I mean, M, you know, though, that's... I, I've been following what little bits of information have leaked out over the last like 10 years and i'm like is this a studio that's ever going to do something i mean have have they done anything yet i haven't been able to find out so that that would be my one concern as far as like whether this actually gets made or not uh, one thing i do like about this description is that it doesn't concern one person learning their destiny and making good on their destiny. I like it, that. Right. Precariously there. Yeah, I like that it has three separate characters with three separate motivations. And I, that's that's what interests me in this one. At least it does in the book. Whether it You're translates. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those two other characters get dropped off and then it's a... I'm green lighting on that issue. Yes. If, if the writers yes. come back and snip that shit out, I'm reducing their that's budget. Right. Yep. You get, and we're moving forward with the big bird porn. You get Priscilla who has to learn how to ride hawks and then has to do what the other guy does and then goes back and leads the empire because it's her destiny. Yeah, I saw Avatar. That's Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> All right, so green light on that one. All right. Now, this one's coming soon. So Uh-oh. I, so it's one of the reasons why I had to do red light, green light. <laughs> we got a green light and quick. <laughs> so we got to figure, soon, we gotta figure light, out if light. this is what we want and shut it down fast. Uh, this is going to be on sci-fi. Red light. 
Sci-Fi has announced its new unscripted series, The Great Debate, will premiere on net the network this summer. Make that coming pretty soon instead. Uh, hosted by comedian Baron Vaughn, The Great Debate rounds up celebrity panelists and throws them in a room together to debate. They'll argue topics like, would you rather have a green lantern ring or a wizard wand? Or is the CW's arrow really truly dead? Uh, they'll debate questions. And what happened to CW's arrow? Is he really truly dead? I don't know. What? I haven't watched the damn show. Yeah. Really? I can't participate <laughs> in this debate. It, the show's done. Yeah. Arrow is done. But so is, is he is really he dead? dead, Jeff? Is he really dead? I'm not going to answer that because you guys haven't seen it. Well, they're going to answer it on this show. Ooh. Or they're going to debate it, at least. Uh, they'll debate questions of sci-fi, fantasy, horror, comics, and other pop culture errata. Uh, they're basically, uh, it's Geek Shock, the show, right? Yeah, it sounds like it. Is? So red light. <laughs> Double red light. <laughs> the show evolved out of the success of Sci-Fi Wire's The Great Debate Live panel that's been featured at San Diego Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con these last few years. Past Great Debate Live panelists and MCs have included Orlando Jones, Aisha Tyler, uh, Thomas Lennon, Felicia Day, John Hodgman, John Barrowman, Adam Savage, and, and more. Uh, host Vaughn is a series regular on Netflix's Grace and Frankie, but better known uh, to the geek set as the voice of Tom Servo in the new MST3K. Oh. So, the great debate coming to Sci-Fi Channel very soon, so we better make a decision real fast. We're going to keep it, we're going to kibosh it. What do you think? Is this worthwhile? Green light with one caveat. What's the caveat? <clears throat> the winner of the debate every episode has to fight Karen Gillan. Green light, full through, full through. <laughs> uh, sure, green light competition. We want justice. We want Karen Gillum. Yes, Com competition is always good for. Uh, I know they heard about our Patreon yeah. and they were like, "Shit!" <laughs> they were like, "We gotta fucking do something." Yeah, right away. Like, better like, get moving like quick. we've in invented geeks debating. <laughs> <laughs> the nerdy shit. Yeah, I've been around well before us, and it'll be around long after us. Uh, sure. I mean, some, sometimes it's just it's all a bunch of bullshit, but sometimes it can be entertaining. It, 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 it sounds like it'll be a rotating celebrity cast thing. Yeah, yeah. And that ought to it, be, it absolutely you know, will. Who they get in. Uh, here's my concern about it. I mean, I'm going to green light it just because it's non-scripted. It's cheap. This is yeah. a cheap show to make, so yep. it's going to cost us nothing. The big bird porn is going to cost way more than this ever would. <laughs> That's true. That prosthetic. You have no idea. Oh, dude, that beak. We make use of that beak. Yeah. But this show, what I fear of it and what's most likely to happen because of other times this has been attempted is that it's not going to be an hour-long show. Because there's no way they're going to let this show a show like that be that. No, you're looking half hour. So they're going to be half hour, and most likely not one topic per show. It's going to be one topic per commercial break. Yeah. Um, and so you're going to get quick, simple, not real debates. Right. Just comedians trying to be funny. I've seen a few of those on Twitch. And so it's if if it was really kind of a neat deep debate between nerds, like full on deep nerds, I'm kind of into that. I'm, that's that's what I enjoy about podcasts. I like podcasts that do an hour and a half on one thing, and they talk about that one thing for an hour and a half until they exhaust that one thing. Uh, see most Warhammer podcasts. I like that. <laughs> uh, there's no way this show is going to be any kind of deep dive. It's, it's going to be shallow dives in this pool. 
clever questions with witty answers, which is fun at the beginning, but they're going to cancel this show quick. Probably. It's it's this sci-fi has tried to do shows like this in the past. They've yes, done they the game have. show. They did Will Wheaton's new show. Uh, and, and Geeks Who Drink didn't yeah. last very long. Nope. So, and it was actually a decent show. It was. And, and that's probably been the better of the lot. But again, yeah. it was one topic per commercial break. Yep. So uh, I would like a deep show. It's not going to be that. It's not going to last. But again, not going to cost as much. So green light, all the same. Because... Frankly, even though they don't succeed, I enjoy shows about geeks loving to be geeks. Yep. And if that's ultimately what this is and what it sounds like it is, I'm for it. It sounds like a positive thing, and I like positive geeky things. So that's ultimately the source of my green. All right. What's the source of you, your green? Would you like some Big Burn porn? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. <laughs> And until next week, I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Big K. And we'll talk to you next week in, in You're Geek. a soda now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Big K. Big K. Yeah? Big Bird. Big K. Does this mean you too have trouble with the alphabet? Mm, not when I get the K. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm saying right now. I don't now. know either, <laughs> but I, I accept your premise. Green, green light. Green light. <laughs>